As we've been noting uh, throughout today's program, a lot of concerns over this newly found uh, mutation of the coronavirus found in both South Africa and the UK. This new strain reached Korea as well. Three cases yesterday uh, from arrivals from the UK. As we've been saying, the new strains are reported to be 70% more transmissible than the original uh, virus. And so uh, once it spreads in a local population, you can see infection rates rise quite dramatically. So to find out more about that and also uh, what is being done to combat this as well as the overall development on the vaccine front, we're very pleased to be joined once again from Michigan University, University of Michigan Medical School, Professor Pang Ji-hoon on the line. Hello. Hello. Professor Pang, thank you once again for joining us. As always, we have many of these vaccines now coming to market, including AstraZeneca, which you are contributing to personally. Um, These vaccines, they assure us, will be effective against the new strains. Um, Can you help us understand in layperson's terms how that works? Because we understand during normal flu season how the flu Uh, sometimes mutates and becomes new strains, and sometimes those uh, seasonal flu vaccines aren't as effective. Can can you um, tell us how the vaccines would work regardless of the strain of this uh, coronavirus or COVID-19 strain? Um, Yeah, sure. Um, So when you get these vaccines, what you're basically doing is you're um, training your immune system to fight against this important protein called the spike protein. Um, Um... um, and you're basically training your immune system to um, attack this protein. Uh, and this spike protein is basically needed to um, attach to the cells and infect the cells. Um, it's a pretty big protein, and there are many um, ways um, the immune system can attack this um, protein. Mm-hmm. And so one or two mutations might not be enough to render this um, vaccine um, ineffective. Um, and, um, and And that's probably why these vaccines are still working. Um, So let's say you develop a a mutation or two mutations. Well, you have other um, sites in that spike protein that the um, immune system can attack. And so you have, um, it's not just one or two sites that it's attacking. My understanding is there's about 20 um, attack points that this, um, that the immune system can um, attack um, the spike protein and, Mm. um, And that's probably the reason why this vaccine is still effective. Um, If the mutation continues to accumulate um, and the spike protein continues to change, maybe then the vaccine might become ineffective. But um, I I do think um, we don't have enough mutations to render this vaccine ineffective yet. So that's good news. Uh, The new strain dubbed B117. You mentioned the spike proteins. Uh, This number that we keep hearing in the media about how uh, experts like yourself saying this is 70% more transmissible. Could you explain uh, how how that works and why it is that much more uh, virulent? Yeah, so my understanding is that the 70% is um, the, the, the numbers came from epidemiologic data. And so the R dot, my understanding is that it went from 1.1 to 1.5, and that's about a 70% increase. Mm. And um, um, it's unclear whether these mutations contributed solely. It's unclear whether this was due to chance or behavior issues or a combination of all these factors. Uh, But there's biological reasons to... um, be worried that this virus actually has the capacity to infect more readily. Um, Certain mutations um, in in this new variant 
um, was found to lead to better binding of cells. Um, it was also um, some 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 other mutations. Um, basically, was found to um, alter the spike protein so that it can better evade the immune system. Um, and so there's a lot of other, uh, there's good biological plausibility mm. reasons why this virus might be more infective. Um, but a lot of these data are coming from labs, and I don't think we have the animal studies and, 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 and good experiments to say for certain that this virus is actually that much transmissible, although I think it's proven that we should be worried. Sure. The, uh, the strains in, from the UK are generating a lot of headlines and news. Uh, even here in Korea, obviously, with the arrival uh, from the UK of uh, confirmed patients with the new strain. Uh, also, a new mutation found in South Africa. These are different strains, right? And uh, are they similar? Yeah, they're, they're, these are variants, and, and, and um, they're similar. The South African strain, my understanding is we have two more mutations that the UK variant doesn't have. And um, these two mutations that were found in the South African variant um, also impacts the spike protein and also seems to have an impact on how this virus um, um, evades the immune system. So there's that concern with these mutations. Again, the data is very premature. Uh, We don't know whether these mutations will actually have that big of an impact, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it's again prudent to be worried and further investigate. And so I, I don't think it's good that we panic over these um, okay. variants. It's you know ultimately good public health measures will still control this virus. And um, um, but yeah, that's well, we definitely appreciate the words of comfort. Yeah. It, it it this is not anything out of the norm, right? I mean, when we saw SARS and MERS, also coronaviruses, these kind of mutations or strains do occur, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, mutations are the way a part of life for mm. viruses. Mm. Viruses mutate all the time. And most mutations are meaningless. Some mutations, a lot of them, actually make the virus less fit. And rarely, mutations can lead to a more virulent, more transmissible strain. And that's why this is an area of big debate in the world of science. It's not that we know this is more transmissible. We think this is more transmissible, but we don't know. But in the example of SARS and MERS, we have to remember these viruses mutated, but what ultimately controlled these viruses were were good, strict public health measures. And Mm. I think that's the lesson that SARS and MERS taught us, that if you um, um, are adherent to good um, public health measures, you can still control these viruses. And the global community at large has been able to overcome SARS, has been able to overcome MERS. Do you think there is a possibility, and again, this might be speaking out of ignorance, but with all the devastation that has been wrought by COVID-19, there is this fear that we hear about how if we continue to see mutations, as you say, though, a normal course of things, but that it could become like the common cold where every single year we're dealing with a new version of COVID-19 and it's going to attack us and we're going to have all these pandemics. Is that the case or are we going to be um, okay once we get the vaccines and we get that 60% inoculated and we have some semblance of herd immunity? So my thought on this, again, what um, it's difficult to predict the future, but... Yeah. Considering how transmissible this virus is and how widespread it is, 
it will be with us. And coronaviruses have been part of our annual cold season um, every year. <laughs> um, I've probably gotten it once, and everyone, um, and I see patients who get the coronavirus. Um, this coronavirus is different because it is much more transmissible, and it does have a higher um, uh, fatality rate um, compared to the um, previous coronaviruses um, that we see on an annual basis. But but yes, I do think we'll be living with this SARS-CoV-2 virus for a very long time. Uh, but I don't think it'll be as big of a problem because we'll have vaccines. Uh, more and more people will get infected. My hope is that we'll have better therapeutics. And so um, as months and years go by, uh, we'll have a better way of managing these viruses and it will likely not be as transmissible because of herd immunity um, 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 caused by the virus and or, or just natural infection. So, so yes, I, I, I do think it'll be with us for a very long time and it'll likely become part of our seasonal um, viruses that we um, experience every year, but, but maybe less of a problem as it is right now. I think all of our listeners uh, appreciate your your optimistic uh, outlook on this. In your view, and uh, we've been talking about here in Korea with uh, Celtrion, and as you talked about with various other therapeutics, as well as the vaccines, in the U.S. where you're at, uh, what what horizon do you think? Do you think by at least second or third quarter of 2021, we could see some semblance of normalcy? Mm. That's a difficult question again, but yes, I do think, um, you know, spring, summer, it'll be much less just based on what we think is likely the seasonality patterns of this virus. And by then we'll have much more people and patients inoculated. Again, maybe we might come up with better therapeutics. Um, so it'll be close to normalcy, um, but every country is different. Yeah. Like, for South Korea, I think will be much more back to normalcy. But here in the United States, I'm hmm. still very concerned at how politically politicized this virus right. is, and and that's the biggest barrier that I I, I experience. Like right. half of half of the United States believes in something else than the yeah. other half, and and that's the biggest barrier that I'm 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 encountering every day. Professor Pang, we always appreciate your insights and and always uh, taking the time to to lend us your expertise. Thank you so much for joining us once again, and and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you so much, and always a pleasure. We're going to be back in the second hour after this.